How's it going, friends? Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have Ray Flanagan on, and he is playing a virtual CLE March 20th, 8 p.m. with Austin Walken Kane and Maddie Finn. You guys can tune in, get an email, send a password, make a donation, help those guys out. They're going to need it. Um, our friend Michelle Gall, who we had on yesterday when this is recorded, um, will be on Channel 3, I believe at 11 tonight, talking about virtual CLE shows. This is uh, pretty awesome. Things are picking up with it. Make sure you guys check it out. It is really a really cool, positive beacon of hope during all this uh, madness. Um, this interview was really cool. I was uh, initially trying to do 20 minutes with everyone who was playing on um, on this sh- uh, March 20th show. Um, but so far, the only person who got back to me was Ray, and it was a it was a really good one on one, like musician to player to player. I don't want to say it like that, but musician to the, the musician type of conversation, and it, it really uh, halfway through, I just I realized I didn't feel as isolated as I have had in a bit. So this was a really cool conversation, and. Uh, Really thankful for uh, Ray that donates some of his time to talk with me about this. Point out this this is another over the phone interview, so the audio quality on Ray's end sometimes gets peaky, but you can hear everything he's saying, and he's got a lot of good things to say. So, without further ado, Ray Flanagan on the Zig at the Gid podcast. Um, cool beans. <laughs> well, hey man, I appreciate you doing this. Hopefully, it helps a little bit with your guys' show. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super stoked. Your guys' went well. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that was really cool. Um, it was weird because like it was all well, we're gonna jump right into it. It's the Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Ray Flanagan. We're here to talk about his show uh, on the internet, taking over the interwebs. The virtual CLE shows happening Friday night at eight o'clock with Austin Walken Kane and Maddie Finn. Plugged at the top, we're good to go. Um, but yeah, it was really weird, man, because like when uh, Gall hit me up for it, one, I was like honored that she would think about me in all this madness, you know? Yeah. And like when we were doing it, as soon as it started, it was like I was getting like freaked out. I'm like, oh man, this is weird. Like we're doing a sound check. You know what I mean? Like I'm in my yeah. basement doing a sound check and like Mikey <laughs> and Liz are here. And like it, it ended up being a really cool, rewarding, like, fulfilling thing like i was in my basement by myself but all my like friends were there too i and it was really cool like it was totally cool like i, I tuned in for you guys i saw most of it nice uh, night. i saw you at the end there i was like oh yeah i was tuned into the bernie you guys were competing with bernie sanders at the same time so yeah and he had on so i had to watch that but but then i i caught i i, I think i saw three songs from each of you guys so i probably had missed the first round or something yeah that that was it, yeah it was because it was like a it was four each, yeah yeah. So, dad, that's cool. Like yeah, well I didn't expect too many people to come out on a Monday night, but uh, <laughs> people hanging out in there like that was pretty awesome. I thought <laughs> it was so cool. Like I, the rest of the night I was just pacing back and forth like how can I help Gall? This is such a cool thing. It's amazing what she's doing. Yeah, when when she hit me up, I was like whoa, like she. She had some amount of foresight because when she hit me up, I was kind of like, ah, because she asked me immediately, like, if yeah. I wanted to do 
And I was like, ah, I, w- I might wait on it because I'm like, it hasn't really sunk in for me quite yet. I'm like, I'm like, well, I was kind of like, I'll see where I'm at in like two or three months. But like, I was like, get some other people on that have already lost more stuff. Yeah. But you know, now I've lost like, you know, I have nothing now <laughs> unless, yeah. unless magically it comes back. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I worry about places like, you know, venues and, and businesses that are going to have trouble staying open because, you know, they're trying to, like I'm fending for myself, but they're trying to like they got probably like twenty people that they're for trying sure. to float, Fend you know. So. It's hard to get like a, a group of three guys to go play a show and split a fifty dollar <laughs> you know what I mean? Fifty Totally. This is this is definitely like uh gonna be uh I don't know. if there's ever a time for us to like uh you know, walk the walk in, with, in terms of like talking about how strong our community is. I feel like this is the time for everybody to kind of like, if everybody helps everybody, we might be able to make it through it all right without anybody getting too bruised up too bad. Yeah, I agree. The do it together <laughs> instead of DIY, DIT, it's going to have yeah. to be that way for <laughs> sure. Was it, um, yeah, well, Gall was telling me that last night when I, I did an interview with her. And she was saying she hit you up right away, and I was mm. like, "Damn, raise a hero." He's already saying help other women else that needs more help. Uh, uh, well, I was just, I, I was just, you know, I hate asking for help. You know, I never, yeah. never like, I never ask for help for anything. Like, I, I, I hate it, and like, um, so that's like my own insecurity, probably more yeah. than it is a heroic thing. But I feel it. I feel it, man. Was it, what was it that struck you besides, was it like a moment, like a certain gig that canceled that you're like, now it's real? You know what I mean? Well, just the fact, I mean, most of my gigs um, are in, you know, bars and restaurants and yeah. local markets. And uh, and then like, I know you you do old folks home gigs and I, yep. I've done a few of those. And then I have, I have some monthly ones yeah. that, I, that I do uh, for... Uh, these special needs people and I'm not allowed, you're not allowed to go be in contact with, with any of them now. So I, I've lost like tentatively, I've lost all my gigs, <laughs> which is like funny at the moment, you know, yeah. you know yeah. I always like, all right, well, let's fuck it. And, and I've <laughs> like had some people that were, have been real nice and like bought my record a couple of times on Bandcamp, And, uh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's all right. It's like it's weird because it's like they're doing it out of sympathy. I wish they're you know buying it because of, <laughs> but anyways, and yeah. and and uh, which is maybe only half true. But I you know and I had some leftover T-shirts that I'm trying to get like shit like that. But yeah, like, you know that's not that's not making up for gigs. So I'm trying for to sure. be trying to be creative here and and see what ways I can think of. Uh, to stay afloat. I mean, I could always like just go back to working in a warehouse or something if I need yeah. to. Even but, if, if those are open, man. Which I yeah, know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't even know. Well, my brother works in one. He he said it's like crazy there. Yeah. Like, like well, because like he like he's in shipping and receiving, and he's just saying like the pallets of toilet paper that they're sending. <laughs> oh shit! Because he it's like I can't remember what it, it's all like general hardware supplies and stuff like that but but he but but it's like uh he's saying like they're busier at work than they have ever been with this so certain people are actually like working more definitely like but it's definitely it's hurting the people it's hurting are like independent for sure 
aerial types, you know, those are the people that are really getting hurt. So it's like, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really know what to do, but I feel like these <laughs> online shows are going to go, I mean, that you're, everybody's already doing them, but I feel like Michelle's whole idea and her, 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 the way that she's attacking it from a community oriented thing and an organized, like, uh, avenue that she's taking with it. I feel like it's, a. It, it, it kind of stands apart from like, if I were to just go on a live stream and be like, Hey everybody, I'm playing, here's my PayPal. Like yeah, I, the, the organizing and, and it being like, you know, kind of like having everybody go around and never different people do it. And like, uh, I, I think it will, it will build itself as a, as a pretty valuable resource here in the coming months. For sure. And the whole thing you're like, you're saying it's community based and it's, she's not just picking people who play, you know, or whose main or maybe part-time gigs playing, but it's people who are in and really people who reply. By it. Not like I'm not willing to go if I, you know, like, okay, all of a sudden I can't play music in bars and restaurants for a living. That's fine with me. Yeah. Like, you know, cause I want to, I want to work, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to play, but it, it's definitely like, I'm definitely like privileged and don't take for granted the fact that I'm able to do this here in Cleveland. So like, it's not a matter of, it's just a matter of like immediately uh, this is how I've been depending on my income. So yeah. it's kind of like, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a rough time for everybody. I'm thinking about everybody from the bartenders and servers, small business owners, and, and especially our venues. I really, really, really worry about the places that are not going to be able to open their doors without, um, some kind of community help, Definitely. you know? But 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 I also think that uh, I don't think anybody should feel bad for uh, <laughs> needing to pay rent and eat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is it like? So my main drag, my main like work is I teach. I teach at a, mm-hmm. a charter school, and then I do the nursing homes, and then I do the bar gigs, and all of that <laughs> is shut down. Yeah, but. Uh, but I, I eat. Hopefully that didn't pick up. It's buzzing. Um. So even just like where I'm looking at, I'm like, uh, crap. I've been sending some online lessons and stuff like that, trying to like trying to get ahead of the curve and seeing what Gall was doing. I'm like, that's that's great. And like the fact that it's how you're saying organized and community based, and it's not just like how you're saying going on live stream and being like, what's your request, and just trying to get that almost attention that. Right. You know I mean, I, it's not I like. Much I don't care if people want to hear either. So, getting <laughs> a couple people doing that, and like, I'm all like, that's fine and everything. But I'm like, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck if you want to hear that song. That song. <laughs> that's one thing I've always admired about when you do your solo sets. You do this like, you, this whole like, uh, bringing in the, um, like the what's the why can't I think of the bar, uh, the Brent Kirby like listen kind of like philosophy yeah the 10 by 3 philosophy like i remember uh seeing you uh talk a little bit at a winchester or something and like uh i can't remember what you said but it was basically like listen (laughs) like and i've always admired how you try to bring (laughs) that environment into other places even when you we last time i hosted you at negative space Mm -hmm. like you waited for everyone to listen in and then you took off which i think is really cool i think that you can you can you can kind of create that environment as a performer. Like sometimes 
usually like if it gets to the point where I, if I'm telling somebody to shut up or, or calling somebody <laughs> out, mostly like to be funny, you yeah. know, it's mostly yeah. like to humor, like in a situation, like I never like really yell at somebody like to like make them feel bad about themselves, which sure. I have fun, but like if you don't, <laughs> if, if, if you're not in on the joke, like then, then you're part of the problem. So I don't really feel bad about it, but I feel like, uh, you know, you could create that that space and for the most part like i actually like to be pretty hands-off about it because i believe that if like the artist has something to say and you're creating and and the audience and first of all like it has to be a place where the audience is open to listening yeah because i never go into like a restaurant or a bar and like expect anybody to listen because in my like then then you're in their territory Mm -hmm. or even like when i run open mic at the winchester like i don't ever hardly tell anybody to be quiet unless they're being disruptive because it's like I kind of just like to let everything unfold the way that it's going to unfold, you know. Um, For sure, and that you can't. But I, I do think that there, there's an element. The, the element that I try to nip in the bud is just that I think with having everybody with our phones and everything now, that uh, every everybody's just a little bit more uh, self-contained, like with their phone. Like they think that everything's like that nobody can see what they're doing, or they're not they're not as aware of how they're affecting people next to them. So I, I do try to kind of nip that in the bud and like yeah. if, if there's a performance going on and everybody's there and there's like just a couple people that might be like making it, uh, lessening the quality for everybody else. I do try and get those people to engage. No, that's, know? that's awesome. Cause it makes the whole environment. Cause there are some people that are just like on their phone, like doing selfies and like being in the way of things. And if it's like an open mic night environment and everyone's really into it, and they're like dragging from it, or if they're like sending bits and kind of making fun of people, which I don't know if you've had that happen, but uh, hopefully not. Uh, that can be dis- uh, discouraging and disrupting. So yeah. And as your, uh, as the Mike Knight host, you're kind of like I'm giving everyone a platform to do whatever they want, but I also got to make it so I don't get uninvited to do this again. You know what I mean, like. So it's a it's a tricky spot. I was doing one um, a mic night at the Coffee Bean, and there was this guy reading poetry, but he was actively trying to like engage people like uh, in a negative way. Like he was trying to get he was uh, saying fighting words, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've only had a couple <laughs> people. I had a couple like I'm fr- I, I can actually only think of because for the most part, like, and I tell like. I tell the bar too, like, and I only run open mic at the Winchester, and everybody they're like the coolest people ever, and yeah, uh, the owners and everything. But like, uh, they, uh, you know, I'm always saying like, listen, like, you know, like you you want open mic night. A lot of places like just think we'll have open mic night to get more business in, and it's really like a lot of people that are artists that come like a lot of them like some of them actually surprisingly like don't drink, so they're not spending yep. money way, but like also like you're not gonna get. You know, it does matter who the host is because they will attract their friends and stuff. But, but like, uh, it's for everybody. So yeah. I always say, fifteen minutes. If we, if if what's going on is absolutely like horrid or like it's a little bit making people uncomfortable, like that's the price you pay for open mic. You know, yeah. it's like anybody can come and do whatever. The only time I've ever, we had one guy who got up there and was like, he he was saying some racial stuff and like, mm. but. He's basically basically what happened was he said the N word like three times, and we that's actually not allowed to come to the Winchester anymore. 
because it was like he said it and then like we warned him and then he and then he just kept like he said it and then we were like all right like every this is not this not that is the line i guess yeah. you know when it when it turned into like somebody actually like doing something that's hateful discriminatory yeah. but for the most part you could pretty much say or do whatever you want short of setting the place on fire <laughs> for sure was it a am i gonna i'm gonna guess it was a comedian absolutely <laughs> oh he's trying to push the I limit media is such a hard time because so many of them like yeah. i was like you wouldn't be the funniest person in my group of friends let alone a professional comedian like, <laughs> i hate it when people because i hate when people this is a personal gripe of mine yeah. like I, like i don't mind like if somebody some people are really good at like confessional type comedy or whatever yeah but i really just like uh I'm I'm kind of like I am a little bit of a purist just in terms of I don't care like what the style of it is or what the subject matter is but like write a joke you know it has to have a setup and a punchline it has to have some kind of form yeah whether it's like more conversational or whatever but some people just go up there and like say abortion <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right there's got to be a direction to it you got to have effort you can't be just winging it's not it. even fun. It's like, <laughs> like might be funny if we were all like half hammered hanging around around a fire or something (laughs) on stage it don't translate so well definitely especially when you're like oh crap that was two minutes in or a minute he's got 15 Mm -hmm. more to go (laughs) five minute comedy could feel like an hour sometimes for sure for sure it's a tough gig though for sure definitely tough i don't i don't think i could do it but it's like yeah i just i'm just saying just the just and there are a lot of great comics around cleveland and stuff i would say like people that come to open mic that you know they don't have they don't really have gigs and stuff they're just like trying it out which is yeah. fine but it's just like yeah some of them will just like try and be offensive and yeah. think that that work and it doesn't and it, it rarely does <laughs> and if it does you're not in the right place <laughs> that's well, not the place you want to have mic night <laughs> true yeah <laughs> what was it well that's cool man um so with the bar gigs type of stuff you're just doing like the like the typical bar gig, playing covers, doing originals, filling the void. Yeah, it's like a mix of whatever, you know. It's like I, the bar gigs are kind of like you're. I kind of look at it like I'm part. Of, you're part of the background a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's an art to doing that in a, where you're not, uh, where you're like adding to the environment instead of Distract. people are either paying attention to you or they're not. Like yeah. I kind of look at it like you know how like you know how like like people say this and it's true like. You don't notice the background music of a place unless it's completely wrong. Definitely. You're like if you're at a restaurant, you're like, what the fuck is this music? You know, but if, if, if it's right, if it's the right mood, then you just don't notice it. It's just like it's, it's kind of like sets your mood subconsciously. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I treat those gigs. I don't like to like because it's it, I, that's my route that I take because I'm not so much of like a – sing along or like play all the everything that everybody wants to hear kind of a musician so i try to like become part of the wall you know but in yeah. a way like it's adding to what's going on you know i'm like i like make maybe making people's like moods and and conversations a little bit more lively you know it's like how you could you ever see those trailers that they make on youtube of like there's one for that movie school of rock where they turn it into a horror movie yeah 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 <laughs> it's like the the music that's happening really really makes a difference you know, definitely that. definitely and like i i've been doing a lot of bar gigs and like i don't know i don't know what you do but usually they're like three to four hours right mm-hmm. and About three yeah yeah sometimes 
I try to stay away from that unless I'm getting really. But. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good. It should be a good paying one, but like uh, I'll just do the whole thing like through. I won't stop because of like <laughs> as soon as you do, there's that gap and like awkward silence. Yeah, there's like this weird like like you're do saying you stop songs. Hmm? Or do you do you mean like you just do, you just don't take a break? Is what you mean? Yeah, and sometimes I don't stop. Like I'll like I'll end a song oh. and go right into like a loop or something, and figure out sure. what song I'm gonna do next, and like the uh, segue. Like never stop that. Um, never like you're saying. Never give that silence that allude to yeah. like oh it's something's happening, something's changing in the environment. And then when you get like people that like with the the awkward claps with all the like they just start clapping because they feel awkward. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny that you say that because I. I I, sometimes I do that in bars. Some a lot of times, if it's a real noisy bar, like it's like you can kind of get away with like you you could sit there for like five minutes and then until people start realizing like where where the music go. But <laughs> yeah, farmers markets, I do that. Like what you were talking about, kind of yeah. like where I try not to stop in between songs. Like I just end a song but i don't really make it clear that i'm ending it and just kind of start playing guitar until i think of what the next thing to play is exactly and then rolling because because like you said like you could totally feel that like awkwardness that you to me it proves that your music is doing something you know it's like giving people like kind of a kind of a a a safety blanket for their because like then at least if they if they're if they're talking to somebody and they have like an awkward silence in their conversation like then there's still something that's like their fallback but like when it's i mean there's always a reason there's music out at bars that's the reason yeah that's when a you stop. beautiful way to think of it because like i try to like i try to find a balance i'm like you got to be entertaining but not distracting but engaging but not engaging you're walking this weird it need be yeah you, like if someone interacts, you got to interact with them. If not, they're right. gonna not dig it. And the bartender, this guy's just doing his own thing. But yeah, you, yeah. But if you do it you, too you're much, in there, you're, you got to play by their rules. Yeah. Yeah. You, you. I mean, and that's why. Like, yeah. If it is easier if you go in there and you just play like whatever people want to hear, but you're never gonna be able to please anybody, every, everybody, anyways. So for sure, I kind of like. Have my set, of, like, I like to have a, you know, I like to have tunes for every situation, like, whatever the mood is or whatever the event is, like, I want to have stuff in my back pocket. Yeah. It may not be stuff that, like, the crowd, the general public would request, but, like, it, I want to have stuff that I know, like, hey, you know, like, how about this? Like, and, and then, and, and, and it will fit. And then use hopefully, like, something that will work in that situation that they'll be able to understand and feel even they may even though they may not have heard it before yeah like i don't got tom petty but have you heard this wallflowers or you know i mean just like something down the line of like something similar yeah was right what do you do i've always wondered what do you do for like christmas gigs and like saint patrick's day you got tunes well i i don't have a St. Patty's Day, I've, I've done two St. Patrick's Day. I, I've done more, but I've only done two where, like, it was, like, supposed to be more on the Irish side of things. Yeah. I did them with a trio. Oh, that's cool. And we played, like, that one Dropkick Murphy song. Sick. We played, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't even know what it's called anymore, but you know what I'm <laughs> Yeah, that one that everyone yeah. does. And then, uh, and then, and then we did, I think I did, like, a Pogues song. Oh, that's cool. Pogues are but awesome. But I don't really, but then what we mainly did was, like, we just played my songs, 
but we did them all just like double time. <laughs> and so they sounded like Irish punk songs. Oh, and that's it, awesome. I was thinking of like a fake accent. <laughs> but but that's, I don't, so I, yeah, it's funny because with the last name Flanagan, I get asked that all the yeah. time. Like, is that I, I really don't have, I would like to learn more about the music of my people or whatever, but I yeah. don't really, I just haven't gone down that. I haven't had time, man. I'm just catching up on all kinds of stuff. Like I, I was raised on some bad music and, yeah. and I've been trying to spend the last 10 years trying to catch up on other stuff. But, um, but Christmas gigs is one of the only times that I will like actually bring a music stand and stuff. Cause it's like, it's so, you know, it's not like I'm doing them year round. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a problem like reading the words and like the chords and whatever. And Will you do like a whole hour or just simple, like will you just spice stuff uh, in like a regular set? It's kind of more like that, you yeah. know? Well, I mean, I could do an hour, but like three yeah. hours. Yeah. No one wants three hours of Christmas yeah, music. I had a couple, uh, there's this place Bent Ladder that I play at down yeah. in, it's a cool place. Um, they, uh, they, they're, y'all, they 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 have it so like you 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 either have to play originals there or you play public domain stuff. So Christmas is all up for it. <laughs> so Christmas, yeah. There's all the, but there's actually like a lot of beautiful, uh, m- more on the religious side of yeah of, of those. I learned a bunch of those, but because a lot of the a lot of the popular Christmas songs like you can't play. They're they you know stuff from the 30s and 40s. Like it all has like copyright. You Whatever. Can't be busting out Mariah Carey's. I had to learn a bunch of public domain Christmas songs, which mostly comes down to like religious stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't do that stuff too often. A lot of times, I turn that kind of stuff down. It's like Kent Beetlefest this year. Kent does his Beetlefest every year, yeah. and I've done it three times. You've done it? No, I haven't done it yet. I played a, a John Lennon thing with Guy Snowden, um, but that wasn't Beetlefest. Ah, was- yeah, it was like. It's two, you know, to do two hours of Beatles tunes. Also, like all these songs are two, three minutes long. For yeah. the most part, start digging into them, and then a lot of the other stuff. It's also like, first of all, like you can't do stuff of the later, like trippier stuff. You can't really do that without major rehearsal, if you can even do it at all. Yeah, it's for also, sure. And then the earlier stuff is more like the on the more simple side of things, but you, it's hard to do that stuff as like a duo a lot yeah. of time. It's so oriented. It's like. You hear all the parts, but, but so I, I turned that gig down this year <laughs> because I was just like, man, it's so much work for me for one day to like do all that stuff. I, so I try to just find stuff that I could do whatever I want, which, you know, hurts me. But there's a fair amount of that. I am so happy to hear that because I hate Christmas gigs. You spend all like, you know what I mean? If you mess up, like if you do something weird with like a Christmas standard, Everyone notices it. Like, how do you not know the third verse of Jingle Bells? I'm like, oh, dude, I know. I'm like, how do you know it? And also, (laughs) talking me like that, but like, would you know it if I didn't already give you the first line or whatever? Like, definitely not. And like, and sometimes I read the lyrics to like something like, 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 yeah, like Jingle Bells. Like, there's all these alternate lyrics. Like, I don't even know what the real lyrics are to that. I know. and I never know like what version most people know, so it's like I don't, I don't know. Like, it, and sometimes like when there's weird alternate verses, like I'm I'm sitting there going like, did your light just go out? Yeah, or did my you light turn... went. No, my light oh. went out. I think. Uh, hold on. Let me. My switch is kind of wacky. I don't know what's going on with it. It just bounces off when the cats jump on the wall. 
I'm in the cat. I'm in the cat. Uh, cat. Uh, the cat bunker. The cat cave. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, dude, those Christmas they drive me crazy because you only you got four weeks maybe, and out of those four weeks, you probably got three days. Uh, six possible like gigs where you're really gonna need the number right. hour Christmas music. And everyone gives you, like, if you don't know Rudolph, like, to a T, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you know, the funny, like, and, like, and you might, I don't know if you're coming from the place of, like, when you have to do the old folks gigs or whatever, but, like, I, I've had to do, when I play, like, stuff like that, where you're trying to, you, so that is a gig where, like, you got to play, like, try and play stuff that they might enjoy. Yeah. Or, or, like, I play once a month for these uh, disabled people, like, these special needs people that play, Where's that at? Uh, I do one in Medina this okay. through this ViaQuest or ViaQuest is like okay. the company or whatever that, um, and then I do one in Brooklyn Heights, uh, okay. once a month each of them. But I've been doing the Medina three years. I just got the the Brooklyn Heights one this year. I started doing it, but um, though it's so funny, like you learn a lot about like especially older like simple songs like you know, like whatever you are my sunshine or like yep. Hank Williams or Johnny Cash or certain things, ring of fire, like ring of fire. Totally. Country, like, uh, uh, country roads. You know? Yeah. Like <laughs> you learn like, Whoa, like it, it actually teaches you a lot about like what a good song is because if you can get people and then I can learn like, you know, if it, it, I, I kind of like use like what those people's reaction is, it's like wow okay i feel like that some you can gauge like whether it's a song that's like a little too smart for like it's britches a little bit or if it's yeah. like i don't know i learn a lot about it from doing those gigs but the christmas ones it is funny like because you do it's like man like these songs are if i i i wish i could write something that's that simple and that memorable like, yeah but it's also like it's also funny though because like they know those songs and like they will oh, yeah. let you go if you mess it up, they'll just kind of like be like, "What's going on?" And they go back about their business. Yep. Yeah. Like you know, That's you, a... <laughs> when they stop singing, you're like, "Ah, oh, where did I go wrong? Where did yeah, I go wrong?" Oh, this is my fault. You know? Yeah. Like, you, learn, you learn a lot when you have to be that engaged with people, like playing Christmas songs. Like, you do learn a lot. Definitely. And uh, I do. A, I was doing a, a couple gigs, kind of like how you're doing in Medina and Brunswick with a. Mm-hmm. With a, it was kind of like a, I don't want to say an adult daycare, but it was like a. Mine is a little, a little bit like that's how I would that describe was, it. Gotcha. I was doing one of those for probably two years, and like, uh, you learn a lot of like cartoon themes and like a lot of like music just to <laughs> kind of like get people moving. And like, it's it's really interesting, and I, I'm glad to bring up that point of seeing like. Like at a nursing home, what is a good song? And then like in that other environment, you see what about a song gets someone to interact, or what? What like, is the but like viscerally? Like what? Get, yeah. What makes somebody just move? Like what kind of? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great. I I feel like every musician should do those kinds of gigs because it's like you learn a lot about getting outside of yourself and like you know because especially like if you're trying to create all the time, like you could get so like. You could get kind of self-centered, like even with like the rhythm of what you're doing and everything. And it's like, I don't know. I learned a lot about form and a lot about rhythm and a lot about structure and just how it affects people on like an innate level. Yeah. From kinds of gigs. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm overblowing it, but I feel like yeah. I've learned about that from doing those gigs. 
I think in 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 a way that you can only learn by doing like as a band, there's a different dynamic if a band were to do that type of situation. But most bands can't do that type of situation, so it's something you're well, gonna have to learn by yourself. Act like what one person would do, you know? Yeah. And that, yeah. I am. That's hard. You know? <laughs> Plus, nobody can pay a band to do that. So definitely, definitely not. But that's <laughs> that's so cool, man. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you do those gigs, and I hope they come back soon. Cause like, uh, yeah, likewise for you. Thanks. Was it? I uh, I started teaching full time, teaching an adaptive music course for uh, kids with autism, which is uh, so my daycare gigs kind of like that, kind of got pushed aside because of the full time teaching thing. But mm-hmm. um, speaking of a full band, I see you've been you've been tracking with the whole group, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to make this year more of a band year because I've been yeah. hitting like. The solo thing, pretty hard. Like the last few years, just in terms of like my work, and I feel like I'm always playing by myself because it's like how I can make money yeah. in most situations. And I do like it. I like playing solo for the most part. I I like doing it, you know, in an intimate situation. Like yeah, like the like the negative space show or like yeah. house shows or like I, I I love that. You know, I, I like having an having an audience that's that's listening. But like in a bar situation, like I actually. It's it's always more fun to have somebody there with you, you know. And yeah, for sure, taking it on so, together. Yeah, so at least like a duo, because then at least it's like if you're over there, like you can at least laugh with the person next to you. But um, but the uh, yeah, I, I just there's nothing more fun than playing with your buddies, you know. There's nothing more fun than that. Just and 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 so I just like want to do more of that this year. We we recorded two singles. Well, it's like we kind of had this idea to do like a single with a B side, so okay. we just recorded two songs that we're gonna we're gonna put out. Like, we're not sure. I wanted to kind of put them out like pre-summer was like May was like my thought, but I just don't know what's going on with everything. And we're just kind of now we're pretty much just like in the mixing. We're just like trying to mix them and then uh, and then get them mastered. And then uh, uh, Jenna Fournier did artwork uh, yeah. for us. Awesome. Um, so it's not going to be that paper towel, <laughs> that napkin with the pencil. <laughs> artwork that was like, whatever. Spotify. Who cares, really? Yeah, it's no, Spotify. I think it was badass. And, that, and there was like a statement in that. Like I've done a few things like that where I'm like, like I I made the, I released these singles a couple months ago. One of them was just me like banging on a xylophone that I recorded on my phone. Yeah. And then I posted I it. That. I remember that. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> some people reached out to me people were like are you all right like <laughs> my point was kind of like my point was kind of like I, I made i record this on my voice memos yeah and then like took the screenshot of my voice memo thing and posted it as the album artwork and spotify was like okay whereas like Bandcamp wouldn't let me upload it because they're like it's not high enough quality it has to be yeah. this but spotify was like oh that's fine yeah this can go right up next to thriller and whatever else is be like <laughs> It was just like some idiot. Like I could literally post a like yeah. a recording of me shitting my pants on, on Spotify, and they'd be fine with it. You had a you had like a Kanye moment, man. <laughs> the it was a with old Kanye moment. <laughs> the old Kanye. He <laughs> would call me or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I thought I saw that. I'm like, this is cool. I'm into it. Whatever. Dude, you posted a video a while ago of you playing a, a guitar, but you put this like, um, the, the, the Home oh, Depot, were... Home Depot like wet uh, pencil and like made it into like a, 
what do they call it? Uh, Koto? Koto, um, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. I uh, got the idea from this this uh, this this woman, Khaki King, who's like this guitar player. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She kind of does like this, like, I don't know what it is. It's all, it's like finger style, and but like she does a lot of like the slapping the guitar and tapping and all that. Yeah. But she she does she she came up with this idea to put a bridge there, and she actually sells this bridge. Oh, that's cool. That's called I can't remember what it's called. That she sells this bridge, but I was actually prior to that was looking at like actually buying a koto, like I wanted one, that's but they're so expensive. Sound. Yeah, yeah, and I I like to mess around with different instruments. Like I I got into um, uh, uh, I can't remember what they're called now. I have uh-huh. one. I'm on my room. It's like a harp. It's a two sided African harp. Oh, um, uh, using word. Yes, uh, I got, I got a. So I'm kind of a. I'm kind. Of, I'm really into like learning weird stringed instruments from around the world, and like uh, I got this really cool book here that kind of drove down into. I'm trying to find the right one, but I got the what the fuck's the name of that instrument? Uh, give me a second here. But anyway, so you got one of those. Well, I got like a real primitive one. It's made out of like this gourd. It looks like super old. I don't know. It's like, uh, but it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's just, I heard some people making music with those. It, and there, and there's like people in Africa that are shred those generate. They're like, they're like 73rd generation people that played these instruments. Cora. C-O-R-A. Cora. Yeah. Yeah. That's another K name. Cora. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I got this weird like how to do it on guitar and it just doesn't sound right example. Let you kind of can't, yeah. yeah. You, it's so specific, like to that the way it's laid out. But I, yeah, I don't know. I like to mess around with stuff just like because sometimes you just go straight to like what your muscle memory knows on guitar for sure. And, and it and it actually like you trapped. You know, you mm-hmm. you might like a lot, I, a lot of times. I feel like I always feel like I have better ideas than when I actually physically play a lot of time. You know, like I have a better idea in my head, but then the way it comes out is not as cool as the as the as the pure idea that was in my head. Like it becomes like fettered by what I know about guitar. Yeah. So you know, like yeah, I try to like I only want the guitar to be there to facilitate what my ideas are. And like sometimes it gets a it get, it gets ahead of that. And so I I try to mess with other instruments or stuff that I have no clue how to use. Like I bought this, this rosewood xylophone, like this big bass xylophone. Yeah. That I mess around with because it makes me feel like a kindergartner again. <laughs> Hold on, let me. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I agree immensely with that statement. My phone's giving out. I'm gonna unplug this, plug this in here. I got a makeshift uh, makeshift power set up here, my friend. Um. But I think that's a beautiful statement because when you get into like when you're in the moment and you're playing and you got like like I don't know hosting a jam night or whatever and you're like I gotta play something you're almost like how you're saying reacting and uh, Bruce Lee's got this quote um, or maybe not this quote but this mental movement he went through and like he wrote about it and he drew this little coffin and said. Here lies the form of a classical trained man. And that was him like stating from this point on he wasn't going to continue just to do the routine thing. He was going to study mm-hmm. the little things that make the routine. So in a music like study like the idea of like why this song sounds good. Well, the rhythm, what okay, let's get into that as opposed to learning the form of it. 
and mm-hmm. learning like the shape and the the boxes and just being able to like like how you're saying have guitar action and be more musical so that's that's super you're i think we need to have this conversation man they're juicing me up my friend that's awesome i try to like i try to dabble and so if i when we're done with this i'll unplug and show you my boxes of random string stuff i find the chart right like i got this uh this iru this chinese fiddle and like mm-hmm. this, oh, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, they sound like a dying duck. Like <laughs> if you don't do it right, but they're fun and to try anything, to make sounds. Anything, oh, sounds like a dying duck in my hands. <laughs> but so another, kind of going back to the band statement, mm-hmm. you posted a thing before you guys started tracking, or maybe during the midst of it, saying that this is the group you've always wanted to work with, and like, and you're very like, I can't remember verbatim, but excited mm-hmm. to be working with this crew. Does that well, still, still hold up, and is it still the same group? Yeah, the, like the way that I like, what I kind of meant by that was like, this is it is the group, you know, yeah. like it's like it's you know it's just my brother Russ and then Dave Shaw who I've been friends with for I know Dave since two thousand nine I think, so it's yeah. been over been about a decade and then and then Joe Boda who I don't know how long he's been playing in my band at least five years i'd say but but like uh but i've been buddies with joe since like 2013 or 14 but anyways like it's kind of like this is it's 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 just our group of friends and like the last my first incarnation of me having my own solo band like it ended we we, it was a pretty close-knit group and then it ended because we had our drummer he moved and went to college he moved to north carolina and like it was this whole thing and then we were just then we kind of went in through some other member changes and but this is just kind of the the group of people that like it, it's my one like if without music like it's my friend group you know like there's the people i hang out with um and it kind of has to be that it's been for the last since since i've had dave and joe into the fold the russ has been with me obviously he's my brother and everything but uh since i've had dave and joe in the fold it's like it's kind of been like the four of us and then whoever the drummer is, is kind of the outsider that we're trying to like bring into our world. But like, it's hard to do that, you know? And, um, we moved, Russ moved to drums from keys and like, it's, it's, it's like, uh, everything just feels a lot more free, you know, and a lot more like comfortable cause it's just the four of us. And it's not like, there's nobody that we're trying to like bring up to speed, Gotcha. Either where we're coming from musically, or just like bring up to speed in terms of our group's like sense of humor and stuff, you know, with, yeah. and all our side jokes and stuff. That like, you know, that stuff's hard. Like, you can't just for sure, you know, somebody and they, it takes time. And um, so that's kind of what I mean. And and also like having only four people is a lot more open. We were doing two guitars and keys and bass and drums, and it it was pretty hard. And plus, like, you know, it's not like we're like doing the band thing for a living. So like we really like could be a lot more diligent with like our rehearsal and stuff like that. But um, since we only play in Cleveland, like we, we don't gig so much cause I try to make it so like I can, ha- you know, have special events with yeah. the band. That's part of why I use my solo thing. I just like pour that out so that I yeah. can make the band have special events. But, um, well, it's, uh, and I, I, I agree with that. Like even so Instead of bringing the band to the lame gig, that band gig always gets to be fun, and it's just a fun gig with the homies. And like, right. and I'm not relying. Even like, I hate to say it too, but like, 
then that way, like I never, like uh, that way, I'm just more excited to play, and I'm not worried about like uh, even getting paid as much, like yeah. for 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 the stuff that we're doing. You know, it, it depends on the kind of show, Definitely. you know. But you know, but if you go, I mean, you know, you go open for somebody at whatever venue, like you're not you're not expecting to do that to make the same kind of money that I would expect if like if I'm playing three hours at your bar, like. Fucking pay me. Yeah, yeah. you did three hours arguably nonstop of like straight work as opposed to like a a, a 45 minute, 30 minute set where of like. Where like I'm not even necessarily like, like whether I'm there or not, it might be the same amount of people that are there because I'm opening somebody else's crowd. But like, anyways, but it is like, uh, it it is like a a matter of like trying to get, oh there's a cat down here this cat's not supposed to be down here uh oh where are you at I'm in my basement oh okay oh but anyways it's me. <laughs> I got uh, two but, cats running around me they're waiting they're waiting for me to <laughs> play fetch with them I don't even know this cat's name sorry <laughs> right. I don't know your name <laughs> but uh but that's awesome uh, man like well, uh, whatever. I lost my train of thought because this cat's distracting me. <laughs> yeah, I like playing rock and roll with my friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And I think it's important to kind of keep the band thing fun because if a band's not having fun, as an audience member, you know it. You're like, oh, they're really actually mad at each other. Right, you know which I mean? I, my band has been in that situation. So, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> yeah. I have them. We have the most. I think my like every band can be this way, but in terms of bands that I've been in, like this, uh, here's this cat. What up, uh, cat? Uh, it's the moodiest group. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> one person is able to drag the entire group down into their dark pit with them. It can be, which is like it. I have a sense of humor about it, but yeah. like sometimes, like. If a rehearsal, like if my if if me or my brother or whoever just decides, uh, I think we're done, then like there's no we're just done. Yeah, working through it. Like so, but we've learned to kind of like be sensitive to that. To yeah. where like it is better for us to just stop instead of like Plow making through. a song. Yeah, because that it really just usually makes us more mad. But it's dysfunctional. But it's That's also like hundred percent the situation. <laughs> Oh man, I relate to that so much. Like as soon as one guy is like, "This gig sucks," you're like, "Oh fuck," right. <laughs> you know. And then the other one goes down with him, uh, <laughs> and then or you bring it down, and you're like, "Fuck." Well, that's uh, the worst. I have, yeah. have I have that person sometimes where it's like, because I don't feel like the leader. You know, I feel like I want everybody to be like, but it's like you have the reality is that somebody's kind of got to lead it for sure. And sometimes, and sometimes I'm not in that mood and like i'm pretty i could be a pretty terrible leader and i'll just bring the whole thing down because they're all like looking to me and i'm like oh I'm fucking out. <laughs> i know what you mean especially if it's like do you def as a band you really feed off the crowd like i feel like as a solo act we like how we were talking earlier you get used to being like this this noise this uh background sound and you accept that even though this means the world right getting some right. type of applause you're like i'm doing something here it's a lot easier to shelve that then that cannot be there if you're playing by yourself but as a band if the crowd isn't reciprocating the energy you're putting out 
it starts to get discouraging eventually, and it's tough to plow through and keep that like, we're fun, you have fun with us, and you know what I mean, like, and right. If it gets to you, and then they won. You know what I mean? They they won. They brought you down. You're going. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, yeah, I've heard. Uh, I think I heard Tom Waits talk about that. Like how it's like you can't give the audience a chance to like. Ooh, that's a good. To bring you down like that. Like you have to just be up there and you have to just own what you're doing. Yeah. Because because the like audience that? reacts to the audience reacts to your mood and you're like. If if they're open to it, then you can affect like the whole mood of the room. You know, sometimes people are just talking and in their own world, and you can't. You they're not open to it, so that's yeah. fine. But like in situations where they are open to it, it is kind of totally on the artist to control the mood of the entire environment. For sure, that's a that's well definitely and like that's a good Tom Waits quote. He he out of everyone would know how to handle a room like that. That guy for sure. Was it and what going back to while we're doing this interview? It's it's weird with the with the when that whole thing is now emojis. <laughs> That's a whole new environment. I don't know. I've never done like an online uh, like a live stream thing before, so I'm kind of like I'm I'm interested to like just kind of see what it's like having an actual audience there, but like they're through their screens and everything and like see, seeing how different it feels to have people react that way instead of like physically right in front of you, which is like, I'm so used to that. Yeah. This, that whole, this whole conversation has basically been the, the mindset of navigating all those situations. And now you're about to embark in like a completely different one. We're we have no choice. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that's why I admire what Gaul's doing. Like in the, in the sense of all this like disaster and negativity, there's this beacon of hope, this bright like PMA. Like let's be proactive and do and be in, innovative and solve problems as opposed to dwell in them. And like that's just a place we all need to be in now. And like it's definitely well, yeah, it's definitely inspiring me because I'm more like. Uh, my first reaction is to just like go in my room and just like hole up in there and just like kind of be like, well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> That's what I was doing until God hit me up. I was like, I got a routine. I'm going to learn all this stuff. I'm going to watch all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, always more, I'm always more reactive than proactive in a lot of ways. Like I just want to create and like, and so like in terms of like even going out and getting gigs, like, I don't hound people. Like I don't send a ton of emails. Like either people want me or they don't. And yeah. I just kind of, you know, rely, I rely on community so much for people to like, everything I get is through recommendation all the time. You know, it's like, so it's, it is definitely like, I could be a lot more in control of what I'm doing, but I'm, I kind of just like, don't, I'm totally lazy outside, <laughs> outside of like, the craft side of things, you know, yeah. like I, I just am not, it's like, so I don't know. I'm going to have to fi- figure it out, <laughs> but it? Well, I never, it, never worry about it. I always just figure out like, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. You know? It definitely is going to, something's going to happen. But I think if we keep as a community, like we're doing being positive, like this conversation, I've been, this has been the highlight of my day. Like I've been Me trying too, to man. <laughs> I've been watching Netflix and playing guitar or whatever all day, but 
<laughs> well, thanks. That's it's weird. Like I feel more connected with certain people by trying to by doing Gaul's thing and trying to help out by doing things like this. And, totally. Like it's been a really uplifting. There's another. There's a couple things I wanted to ask you that um, I don't know if we talked about last time when we did a podcast, but uh, so the drummer is sea level Pat. He played a gig with you, and he said that you guys just went up there and you went off like some deal, some like a book of Dylan lyrics. Ooh, is that uh, true? Is that is that a, is that like is Pat fibbing me or is I that have, I have a Dylan book that I carry around that I uh, in emergency situations. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that I used it. Maybe you were just reading it, and he said you were reading it, and I, in my mind, well, I'm like, oh, he just went up there and Dylan the fuck out of this show. You know, we at least played like, probably like one. It was like at the Happy Dog. Yep. And Pat, I don't, there's a whole story behind it. We don't need to, need to tell the whole story, but yeah. the long part of it is the day that that day was a day that uh, the, our the, our current our then drummer like had gotten arrested, Ooh. and Pat uh, was still playing with uh, with M Moody. With yeah. Matt. And uh, they, it was this. We, so they were on the gig, and I just was like, I was, I Pat, I, I was like, Pat, what do you play in our set? And then we just totally like winged it. So then I like, in that situation, there's also a skill set of like, if somebody doesn't know what's going on, like, you don't play your songs that have like very specific stops and stuff in it. You know, yeah, like you don't do that. Don't. You you play it so that you can't mess it up. You play simple stuff. You play like, are you dumb down what you're doing, or like, or. Or you do like yeah, I, I pull out some Dylan tunes or whatever, like where it's like they're fail safe, like you can't. They're yeah. simple. Oh, you can't really. So yeah, I have a I have a book of Dylan lyrics that I do like. I use a lot of my market gigs and stuff as time to like study some of that stuff. Where like I'll just put it on the ground and like because I know the tunes, but I don't memorize the words a lot of times. But I I do like I there I know a bunch of Dylan tunes like off my memory at this point, but um, I do. Uh, I do think it's good to just like as a mental exercise to try and learn some of those tunes. So that's probably true that I had that book on the ground. I, don't know, I wouldn't remember what I would have used it for, but that's that's awesome. I just I thought it was the coolest thing. I'm like, oh, legend! Like that is fun. Pat killed it at that gig too. I remember. Pat kills it at every gig. He's an amazing yeah. musician. He's a great. He's a great energy man. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he's like always like there and excited and happy and like I can't. Yeah. I'm so happy he plays with us and puts up with us. Was it a so when you're doing that, are you just kind of looking at the lyrics and then making your own rendition in a sense? Um, sometimes, well, I mostly like know what the I mostly know like the yeah. chord stuff. I mean, I know that, or, or, or and then like yeah, and I mostly know the words too. If if it's a song that I'm doing that for, like I don't pick some random song and just like make up a tune to the lyric, like because that, that would be impressive. Like honestly, with I, like a Dylan I cadence, do just like you do it. I, it's usually a song that I've been trying to learn anyways, but I haven't quite, gotcha. quite realized it. So, you know, I just need to see the first line or whatever to like get my, get, get my juices flowing. Gotcha. No, that's, yeah, I'm really bad with like memorizing lyrics of like cover songs and stuff. Even some of my own, like on that virtual show, I, I think I did a, I, I double dipped a verse of like, oh shit. But, um, so it I think... happened, but I try to be, yeah, I try to be pretty on that stuff, you know. I try to be pretty on that stuff. Was it? It's definitely a, a practice for sure to like ingrain. Yeah. <laughs> like um another thing, I don't think we talked about it at all was a uh, you opened for Train? <laughs> like 
Uh, <laughs> I do. Um, and I have uh, somewhere. I have a. I have my my badge. My 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 VIP. I also have the laminated. Uh, I have like the laminated piece of paper that was on my dressing room door. Ooh, that's cool. That's <laughs> it cool. Crane, and then it said Ray Flanagan in like Eric Old font underneath. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It, the train had done this like uh, uh, they had some blossom show where like the sound went out on the lawn hmm. or something. It was either that or I think that's what it was, or it was a rain out. I don't remember. Yeah. But they, anyways, they came back like the next week, like early in the week, because they had a day off and they played again hmm. for everybody and anybody that had tickets to the other show. They played at Blossom, but then they did this makeup show at Nautica, and anybody that already had tickets uh, could come back. Oh, that's cool. But it wasn't like a like I don't think like I don't think it was like there was no sale of tickets to public for it or whatever. But it was like anybody that could like, which there's still a shit ton of people. But yeah, that was pretty cool. They were all like super nice. The one guy, uh, the the one guitar player, he's like the auxiliary guy. I think he like plays keys and plays guitar. Um, in train he's from north olmstead actually oh no shit oh yeah. wait i think i've met his parents they gave me a pic from him uh yeah. what the, the, the gary they, uh, they own the donut place um uh not uh becker becker yep yep yeah, I was doing a mic night and i met his like grandpa or something and he's like this is my grandson and gave me that guy's pic <laughs> Yeah, his his nephew plays around town. Uh, Nathan Henry. Okay. This is usually you hear that guy. He, he kind of like does like I think he plays a lot of bars in Willoughby and stuff. But gotcha. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, they were all super nice and like I still have like yeah I I I, I, I was actually I was supposed to like contact like them about I don't know I didn't even bother about it but yeah. like they. They were all super nice. That dude Pat Monahan, the, the singer, like he, 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 like they all listened to my set, and they were all That's like super awesome. nice. And 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 also the thing that I learned about that band uh, from doing that was that like everybody from like whatever people in the office to like the people that were like janitorial staff, like they all like just talk about how well trained and like their crew treats everybody every time they come through town. So. I don't know. That was my biggest takeaway from that was like everybody like lo- everybody that was working that day like 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 loved them just from uh-huh. like the way that they handle their stuff and treat everybody. So it was like kind of refreshing to see that because you never know. Sometimes you meet people that are famous. You never know like if they're going to be moody or if they're going to want to talk to anybody or blah 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 blah. Which everybody goes through that. I don't blame anybody for that, but. Sometimes people have reputations. It's just always cool to like see somebody that's at that level that's like not assholes. Yeah, so. no, that's and that puts a, a beautiful like kind of a aftertaste in like your mouth about well, that's a weird way to put, it, but aftertaste like it that this is how like you know this is how it should be done and like you know as a teacher a big thing for me is leading by example and then as soon as you see someone lead by example that's going to resonate with you and so on and so on and how you treat everybody and then. Totally. Hopefully that that pans out. That's cool, man. Was the crowd like? Did you, did you get opener syndrome from the crowd, or were they cool? Uh, they were actually super cool because I just came out. I did it by myself, which was like terrifying. Oh, way. oh yeah, man. Because it because so like I've opened some stuff like 
I love playing it th- in theaters. You know, I've opened like like in in some theater situations, like uh, the Goodyear Theater in Akron, or like the Kent wow. Kent Stage. Yeah, um, that's a cool room. Kent Stage. I've played Kent Stage like quite a few times and and open open for some people. And um, the theater setting's awesome because it sets everybody up to be quiet and listen. But this was at Nautica, so it was a little bit more like you know it's outside. Yeah. And you're just by yourself, and it's like everything sounds big and boomy, and you're like up there with your acoustic guitar. You're like it's yeah, boomy it, by it itself. Was cool. It was cool. I had was able to have some like interaction with them, but it was still just like I, obviously I'm not very experienced in in that setting, so it was like it was a little nerve wracking, but um, but I feel like it was fine. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Was it? Yeah, I can't believe I forgot to ask you about that last time. But um, hey, man. Well, we've been going for a minute. I appreciate this, Ray. What's yeah, this oh. is awesome. Cool, like, man. <laughs> was it? So uh, let's tag it. We're going to go uh, March twentieth uh, on the internet. <laughs> Eight p.m. Eight p.m. Austin Walking Kane, Ray Flanagan, and Maddie Finn. Cool beans, yep. bud. Cool. Well, I'll get this uh, wrapped up, and I'll put it out uh, later on tonight or tomorrow, and uh, hopefully we get some. Uh, we get some. Uh, uh, the, the login. I don't know. I don't know how you say people when it's. Yeah, we get some people on this site, man. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ray. Bye. Take care, bud. Well.